You're listening to another hope-filled podcast from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifenz.org. I've been catching up recently with a young guy who is early on in his journey with Jesus. He's about six months into his journey with Jesus and I have kind of breakfast or phone calls with him regularly. And uh, this guy has, let's just say that he has a, a, a coloured background. Um, he, he was a pharmacist uh, of the street nature where he would dispense medicine to people on the street who needed uh, medicine and help them with their ailments. I'm sure he had a good heart, uh, but, but he, uh, he, he had an interesting background. And uh, we would sit there and we, would, we will often talk about the fact that uh, he met Jesus. He's one of those stories where his life was on one trajectory and with one decision, it completely took a U-turn and he's gone a different way. And I would say almost every other time we connect, these words would come out of his mouth. I never thought that my life could look like this. I never thought that after what I had done and what I had been through that Jesus could come and turn stuff around. I never thought that my life had any future or hope attached to it. And I'm so grateful for what God is doing in my life. I never thought it was even a possibility. And last week after I caught up with him, I was driving away and I thought, then I wonder how many Christians, whether they're new on, new on their journey with Christ or whether they've been in this journey for a long time, have lost the, the willingness, the ability and the commitment to think about what life can be as we move forward. We just kind of settle into, God, will you doing this thing? And are we having thoughts of, God, we can move forward in this, in this life? And I was listening to a message and that backed it up. And then on Saturday, literally someone really close to me called me and said, mate, my life is a mess. And out of nowhere, he told me what's been going on in his world. And, and I thought, holy God, holy God, holy <laughs> I thought, Holy Spirit, you are a holy God. I thought, Holy Spirit, you, you, are, you are comical that I'm writing a message about thinking about possibilities and here you are, you give me an opportunity the day before I preach it to put this thing into practice because here's the deal, I wanna encourage all of us. What could 2020 look like if we thought about the possibilities that God had in front of us? What, what could it look like? And I wanna take us to a passage of scripture where there is a, a lady who engaged with possibility and turned out into a miracle. I've called this message Making Room because I wanna encourage us as we head into the crazy uh, last three weeks of the year, how many know that uh, apart from being a part of a church who does Christmas box and Christmas spectaculars and Eve services, you've also got three, well, I do, got three kids in three different schools. That's three prize givings and three end of year functions and all that. Come on, how many parents give me a wave? They're too tired to give me a wave. Their eyes are just rolling around in the back of their head. But I wanna give us, I wanna ask us, would we take the last few weeks of this year and open our hearts to the possibility? What could 2020 look like if we just leaned into God and say, what do you see? What, what could 2020 look like if we say, God, would you deposit something in me that would change the trajectory of my life? And in John chapter two, there is a lady who did just that. Her name's Mary. She is the mother of Jesus. It said three days later, there was a wedding in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. That's a bad deal. 
when you're 30 years old and your mum's at the same party you're at. (laughs) Jesus and his disciples were guests also. When they started running low in wine at the wedding banquet, Jesus's mother told him they're just about out of wine. Let's pause. She didn't say, could you do something about it? She just made an observation. I don't want to make a sweeping statement. However, I live with three females and a poodle. Four females. And I'm not saying which gender of the population is more susceptible to this, but have you ever noticed that there is one gender in the population who tries to communicate through hints and suggestion. (laughs) And we're just supposed to, I mean, the other gender is just supposed to pick up on it. Like, hey, Jesus, just make an observation. They're about to run out of wine and walks off. Like in my house, My wife is not like this because she may or may not be this gender, but my wife is not like this. But I have other of these genders in my house where we'll wake up, we'll have a day together. I'll be like, hey, what do you want to do today? They're like, oh, I don't know. So we'll do what I want to do. And inevitably halfway through, they'll be like, why are we doing this? (laughs) Or I I I have two teenage versions of this gender and I'll say, hey, what's wrong? And they'll be like, nothing. I'll be like, great, nothing's wrong. (laughs) And then I'll be hammered about an hour later. Why didn't I dig deeper as to find out what was wrong? Like they speak in code. (laughs) And it's taken like 20 years for me to learn about 30% of that code. (laughs) Like I still get it wrong seven out of 10 times. But I feel like here Jesus is being set up by his mum. She doesn't give a directive. She doesn't ask a question. She simply makes a statement by way of observation. But can I suggest that Mary had made room in her mind for a miracle long before she made that statement? That behind that statement was more than a statement. She had made room in her mind and I want to suggest to us as we head in to 2020 that we can make room in our minds for what God wants to do. Mary became an advocate for the things she wanted to see shift in her life. She began to speak out and identify the possibility. She is what I would call an initiator of possibilities. She was shaking things up by saying that may be that way, but Jesus is in the room. It doesn't have to stay that way because my God is big and He's interested. I love people who live with a sense of wonder. And I think in the 21st century and the longer we walk with Jesus, we've got to fight to live with a sense of wonder and possibility. If you have the privilege of turning up here at 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning, you will see this place covered with what I call church rats. 
They are the staff and key volunteers' children who run around here and overtake this place from about 8 a.m. till 9 a.m. before you turn up. In fact, some of those seats in the middle there had some church rat feet running all over it right before this. And they are everywhere. But if you watch them walk into this place, they walk in with a, wow, my friends are here. Last week, I picked up my son from kids and he cried because he didn't want me to take him home from church. (laughs) How many of us have lost that? Man, I get to meet God here. I get to walk into South and North and I get to meet God here and I get to be filled with this wonder of possibility. By by the way, the possibility that Mary was advocating for was because wine was running out. It wasn't exactly a Claude Blue life-threatening situation. If she didn't say anything, they would have run out of wine. Someone would have been embarrassed and that would have been it. But I wonder how many of us don't become an advocate of possibility because someone else has a greater need than me. Why would I petition God on that? Because I've got a friend who's going through something so much worse than I'm going through. And I reckon in Cana in this moment, there were people going through things so much worse than the, the host running out of wine, but that didn't stop Mary seeing something and petitioning Jesus about a possibility of something that could be changed. Because miracles aren't based on the severity of circumstance. Miracles are based on the heart of our God. And He's interested in your world. In fact, if we wait for the really big stuff to petition God, I reckon we've waited too long. See, David killed the lion and the bear before he took on Goliath. There are people around you with greater needs and more severe needs than you. And you may also be in the same boat as me. You may have prayed prayers that are yet to be answered. Maybe you've got some possibilities you've identified and you're still living with the reality of it's still a possibility Can I encourage us as we head towards the end of this year, don't let someone else's big need or unanswered possibilities in your own life allow us to step back from actually identifying and declaring possibilities in our world that God, you wanna change that and shift that because there are there are stuff in your world, in your school, in your workplace, in your home, in our church that is waiting for you and I to be the initiator of possibility and say that can change. God, I'm just going to make a statement because I've made room in my mind and my heart that things can shift. So I'm declaring out south and out north and here in its central that things can change because I'm an initiator of possibility. Here's my whole message in one sentence. My whole message in one sentence. There are possibilities waiting to be named and there are circumstances waiting to be changed. There are possibilities waiting to be identified, spoken and pointed out. And I wanna encourage us today to take the next few weeks as we close out one year and start a brand new year and say, God, in 2020, what am I believing you for. Not I'm dusting off the 2019 goals and I'm just going to change it from 2019 to 2020. Like I'm going to lose six kilos this year. 
which is two kilos from 2018, two kilos from 2019, and two kilos from 20... Come on, real talk. But God, what is it in my world that I'm believing you for? I want to bring that question front and center because there are possibilities waiting to be changed. There are possibilities waiting to be named and circumstances waiting to be changed. And I reckon there are people in here and there's someone in your world who is destroying their life right now. They're away from God and they're making decisions that are taking them further into a place of destruction. Like I said, I got a call from a friend of mine yesterday, someone really close to me, told me some horrific news about his world. And I said to him, hey mate, it doesn't need to stay like this. You can change. I know why you've got some challenges because I had exactly the same challenges. And if you would believe God and step out, I know you can get through this. Here's the deal. There are people in your world who are waiting for you to be the initiator of possibility and say to them, you don't have to live like that any longer, but there is a God who is interested and a God who is there who wants to walk you through what you're going through. John 10.10 says this, the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. And I reckon we can get our heads around the fact that he wants to kill. And I reckon we can get our heads around the fact that he wants to destroy. But I wanna take a minute to say there are people in this service in every location that you have been robbed of the faith because he is there to steal as well. And maybe circumstances has stolen your faith and what has replaced it is negativity and skepticism and he has stolen that wide-eyed wonder. Can I suggest to you that towards the end of this year, you can experience the restorative power of God who can bring faith back into your world and you can reclaim the very thing that the enemy has stolen and say, God, it is still possible. It may be on life support, and it may be way far gone, but God, it is possible that you can change this situation. I can't, but God, you can. And I'm gonna be an initiator of possibility, just like Mary, and say something can shift. For some of us, we've lost our joy. We've been through some tough stuff and not for a moment, please hear me, not for a moment. Am I downplaying what people go through? In fact, I spend my life pastoring people. People go through some horrific stuff. But it is not God's will that you would come through the end of a challenging season and be joyless. That circumstance would rob your joy where there used to be a lightness and a buoyancy and a flexibility that we get rigid and full of worry and full of fear. It is not God's will that your joy would be robbed. In fact, it is God's will that you would come through challenging circumstance, having seen God do what only God can do, but joyful on the other end. And I'm believing God that the last three weeks of this year, some of us will get our joy back, not based on circumstance, but based on a God who is bigger than circumstance, who loves you and who is for you. Get your joy back. In fact, the Bible says this. 
that in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. Yeah, but when circumstance change, then I'll be joyful. No, 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 no. Not the joy of circumstance. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And you know what speaks to a world out there is not that we've got some cushy, fake idea of Christianity where come to Jesus and nothing will happen. No, out there, you face some of the same stuff I face, yet there's this joy on the inside of you that you believe that God can still do something. Imagine what our workplace and our schools would look like if in the midst of challenge, we held on to our joy. In fact, Jesus said this in John 16, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And I reckon some of us, life has squeezed our flexibility out of us. We've become so rigid in our patterns and so rigid in some of the things that keep us joyless that at times we need to break out of some of the things that keep us joyless and get some flexibility back. I'm believing God that some of us will have a restoration of our flexibility that we won't get so locked into and buttoned down. You watch people who are under pressure all the time. They just kind of get really rigid and they, they create habits that keep them in that, that place of restriction because joy is squeezed out of them so therefore they just get inflexible my Kyla she's 16 years old her morning routine is crazy and maybe some of us God is going to say would you get up a little earlier and would you spend time with me so that you can connect with me because what you start with at the beginning of the day sets the trajectory for the rest of your day so not I'm getting up to read my Bible and tick the religious box but God I'm getting up to connect with you because you are the only one who can make this possibility a reality Kyla my Kyla's 16 years old every morning the alarm goes off at 7 she reads the Bible verse till 7.05. She's in the shower at 7.06. She's out of the shower at 7.15. She gets dressed, puts her clothes on, uh, brushes her teeth. She's done by 7.30. She's out having breakfast by 7.45. She packs her bag till 7.50. She says goodbye to everyone. And 8.02, she walks out the door so that she can be at school by 8.11 to get set up to go through. And if God help you, if you're in the shower at 7.08, I think for some of us, we've just got into survival mode. We've got into this rigid life that God is saying, would you just create some flexibility because you can't have rigidity and a miracle at the same time. We have to make room. For some of us, we come to church late and we leave early. It's just what we do. I'm not having a shot at you. Please hear me. I'm not having a shot at you. What I am saying is maybe God's going to ask you to come early and leave late because the answer you're looking for is found in a discussion in the foyer before or after church with someone who can say, I know what you're facing. Let me tell you my story so that you can breathe faith and have you some, some ideas of how to move forward. Let's, let's get some flexibility. Why? Because there are possibilities waiting to be named and there are circumstances waiting to be changed. So once Mary had made room in her mind for a miracle. Let's see what she does next. John chapter two, verse four says, Jesus said, 
to her, is this any of our business, mother? You've got to be Jesus to get away with that. Is this yours or my business? It's my time. It's not, sorry, this isn't my time. Don't push me. Wow. If you're under 20, I don't suggest talking to your mum like this if she's got a jandal on. <laughs> Particularly if at one of our campuses. And in that moment, Jesus didn't cow, oh, sorry, Mary didn't cower away and say, oh, that's right, you're Jesus, my bad. L- look what Mary did. She went ahead anyway, as most mums do, telling the servants, do whatever he tells you. So Jesus said, it's not my time, don't push me. And she said, okay, that's good, son. Servants, do whatever he tells you to do. This is a really funny moment. Like you have to be Jesus to tell your mother, don't push me. And you have to be the mother of Jesus to tell Jesus, I'm gonna do what I want anyway. (laughs) Why did Mary do that? Because she knew who Jesus was, but she also knew who she was. Jesus is 30 years old. This is her first miracle. And Mary had been entrusted with raising Jesus as a human. And I reckon in Mary's mind, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah, yeah, Jesus, you do whatever you want to do, but your father's with me on this one. She knew what was about to happen. She actually played the mum card. I hate the mum card. The mum card is better than the wild draw four in you know. It trumps everything. What she did when she turned to the servants and put them on notice is what I want us all to realise today is that when we make room for a miracle in our mind, God is gonna ask us to do stuff that we haven't done before or he's gonna ask us to do stuff that he has asked us before and we have not yet done. So the words that Mary uses sets this whole thing up. He said, he may ask you to do something, just do what he asks you to do. Why could Mary say that with such confidence? Because if you rewind when Mary was 12 to 15, scholars say she was visited by an angel and this angel said to her while she was engaged, not even married, hey Mary, you're gonna be pregnant. I know you haven't been intimate with your spouse yet, but don't worry about all that. You're still gonna be pregnant. Uh, Would you carry the son of God, the one that's gonna bring hope to all humanity, the one that we celebrate and have celebrated for 2000 years at Christmas time that Jesus is born? Would Would you carry this Jesus? Would you partner with God? And Mary's response was, behold, Mary said to the Lord, let it be unto me according to your word. Part of making room for a miracle church, look at me is doing whatever he asks you to do. And some of us, like I said, have created habits and lifestyles that are so rigid that we need to get some flexibility and some lightness and some buoyancy and some obedience back into our heart that if God asks me to do it, then I will do it. Because I don't know about you, when I look at the possibilities that I wanna see changed in my life, I can't do it myself. And oftentimes what God asks me to do in the, in the supernatural is foolishness in the natural. God, why would I do that? Because it's not connected to that at all. God, why would I do it? But God who stands outside of time looks at it and has all the 
the dots joined and knows that when I do that, it opens the door to that and I end up creating the possibility through partnering with God. When I first became a parent, I looked at my kids and I thought, I don't know how to do it. Like I was gripped with fear. I grew up in a home that didn't create a great model of marriage, and I thought, God, I, 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 I want to set these kids up for the future that you have for them. I remember it distinctly. God said, if you would get the right people around you, then I will teach you through people I'll bring into your world. The Bible says that he takes the fatherless and puts them in a family. And the church, to be honest with you, hasn't, isn't like my family. The church is my family. And I remember this guy come into our life and there was this real good connection. I felt like God say, chase a relationship with him, connect with him regularly. I'm like, God, he's in finance. Like he's boring. <laughs> if you're in finance, apologies. Like, what's he gonna teach me about parenting? This makes no sense to me at all. Can I tell you to this day, if I have a parenting question, he's the guy I call, he's the guy I talk to. I have an 18-year-old, a 16-year-old and a nine-year-old and I'm still out of my depth and I call him and I say, hey mate, how do, how, how do you navigate this? Your, your kids are 30, 35 and 37 and they love God. How do you navigate this? And he talks me through it. Why? Because I've just got to do what he asks me to do. I've got to declare the possibility and then I've got to do whatever he asks me to do. I'm not saying, that if you do a certain routine, then you'll get a miracle. Like for some of us, God is literally gonna ask us to get up five minutes earlier to connect with Him to set the trajectory of our day. I am not saying that if you get up and pray and read the Scripture every morning, you'll get the miracle you're believing for, but I'd love for us to grasp the fact that there is a possibility and think, God, I'll have you do, I'll do whatever you ask me to do for the possibility of my marriage being better, my kids being better, my family being better, my work being better. God, I'll do whatever it is that you ask me to do. The miracle I need in my life, the circumstance I want to see shift, when I focus on the possibility and say, God, I'm ready to do what you want me to do, I'm going to make room for it in my life. Verse 6 says this, six stone water pots stood there used by the Jews for ritual washing. Each held 20 to 30 gallons. That's about 80 to 120 liters. That's a lot of water. That's a lot of wine. Jesus ordered the servants, fill the pots with water and they filled it to the brim. Now fill your pitchers and take them to the host. Jesus, Jesus said, and they did it. When the host tasted the water, it had become wine and even the host didn't know what had happened, but the servants of course knew. He called out to the bridegroom, everyone I know begins with their finest wines and after the guests have had their fill on the cheap, and after the guests have had their fill, they bring out the cheap stuff. But you've saved the best till now. I reckon in that moment, Mary looked across at Jesus with a smile on her face because this was the launching of Jesus's public ministry. For 30 years, Jesus had been Mary's child and she was responsible for training him. Her and Joseph were responsible for training him. And in this point, she launched, there would have been this, you could say that the first miracle was for mum. 
It's a good Mother's Day message. Uh, the, first, the first miracle was for mum. But, but Jesus and the servants were all included in the process of the miracle. I wonder what miracle God wants to include you in in 2020. Most miracles start with people who follow the path of possibility. Very few people that day knew that Jesus had turned water into wine, not even the host. But the people involved in the miracle did. Now, I'm not saying that every time we follow the path of possibility, it turns into a miracle. However, I am saying if we don't follow the path of possibility, there is little chance of it turning into a miracle. And I wonder, I wonder what God wants to partner with you with for 2020. I wonder what it possibility God wants to make room in our heart and then ask us to do some things so that we can partner to see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth. You know, there are people in your life who are wrecking their life right now and you are the initiator of possibility with one word. Here's the deal. Some of you might say, yeah, but I thought that was up to God. God would do it. Yeah, yeah, God does do it. Without God, nothing could happen. However, we cannot without God and God does not without us. Most of the time, God does not without us. He cho- chooses in his sovereignty to allow us to play our part in the story of what he is doing. In the first service, there were some friends of mine sitting in the second row. Their names are Burton Jacks Benucci. They've been married for 37 years and they come in here Sunday after Sunday and they're full of smiles and they're all huggy and lovey and I'm like, God, when I'm that old, they're not here so I can say this, God, when I'm that old, let me be that huggy and lovey. And What many of us might not know is that for the first seven years of their marriage, it was basically over. There was infidelity, there was a whole bunch of stuff going on and God said to Jackie, stay and pray. And for seven years, she stayed and she prayed. Years in, Bert had this moment where he realised what was going on. He repented and asked for forgiveness, turned his life around. You ask Bert today and he says that he still has to choose to believe that he is forgiven, choose to believe that he hasn't wasted time that he won't get and choose to believe that he's not just a criminal with a pardon, but his past has been wiped clean. Their marriage is together today, yes, because of God, but without them, it wouldn't have happened. You look at this building and it's a miracle. Pastor Paul will often talk about the miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle that happened for us to get into this building. Can I be really honest with you? This miracle took a lot of flipping work for us to get in this building. God didn't build it and God didn't go to the bank and God didn't turn up at the That was our team out there. Why? Because God says, if you claim the possibility, I invite you to be part of the process of bringing my will and my kingdom to earth and church this next year. God wants to partner with you 
to see miracles happen in your life and in your family and the people around you. If we would just open our heart and say, God, what is it? What are the possibilities? There are possibilities waiting to be named. and Circumstances waiting to be changed. And I've got a real sense that in this service, every location, that there are people who Holy Spirit wants to awaken possibilities on the inside of you. You've just got used to living with some stuff that God wants to shift. And for others of us, we've prayed prayers that haven't been answered, so we've laid them down. And today God wants to put a fresh faith in you because the enemy has stolen your faith and stolen your joy. And God wants to restore your faith and restore your joy so that you walk out of here believing again that that possibility can be a miracle, that that possibility can turn around, that that child can come back into a relationship with God, that you can make a difference, that business can flourish. Relationally, you can engage in Internally, you can get some stability. There are possibilities waiting to be named and circumstances waiting to be changed. What are you believing God for in 2019? And what are you gonna take into 2020 that you say, God, I'm making room. Whatever it is you tell me to do, I'll do it. Because you know better. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifenz.org.